there are just like piles of amazing metal band names in like like any way we talk about this it's just like the SS officer's demon and the sex Stasi and um, other names I, I mean I could probably just call my death metal band man in demon suit and I think that we'd at least sell a couple records yeah but see I'm thinking it's not like metal band names I'm thinking it's like Porn ebooks that you sell on Amazon to like people living, like women living in exurban middle America, you know, like those dinosaur sex books. Cause that's a, that's like a genre. Like, no hate, but <laughs> it's like uh, a niche. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, it's just uh, the worst niche in the world. It's just. Like, the plot of every one of them is just like, oh no, we somehow ended up in Germany, and now we've been kidnapped. She's like, Doctor Who meets Doctor Screw. Oh, woof. <laughs> woof. Oh, oh man. man. I'm gonna get added on Twitter again for my, my, my cold open jokes. Oh, God. God. Jeez Louise. Oh. I'm okay with that though. I see I see all of you animals out there. You heard you heard last week. Complaints equal bad. It's a ban, boy polloi. Well I've got some complaints for you about coins. <laughs> are we talking are we talking physical coins or uh, destroying the environment by wasteful mining coins? Because now that Parker's not since Parker's not on this week, we could shit him on Bitcoin all we want. Oh, yeah, that's but. actually true. Yeah, no, I'm not talking about um, wasting electricity to make uh, rocks think, which is how I describe computers. But <laughs> Objectively factual. Yeah, that's, that's what computers are. <laughs> yeah, they're rocks that think, and I don't believe in them. Uh, no, but I mean, you and I have had uh, a, a standing argument for a long time um, that I think is always really interesting from like a socialist communist perspective of whether or not we need coins, like whether or not there needs to be a, um, how does Adam Smith say it? Um, I don't know. I know you don't. You don't. You didn't read any Adam Smith. I did. Um, I read some Adam Smith. Wealth of Nations like, is just excerpts. colonialism is okay as long as you're making stacks of cash. Um, oh man, to have whatever non-specialized currency that allows you to do whatever you want rather than like subsistence farming. What some like, what's the word for a currency specie? Yeah. Specie? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, a medium of exchange. Yeah, yeah. The medium of exchange is probably the best way to put it. But, like, that has always been, like, part of the crux of my argument. But, like, I also understand that, like... Like, because basically, I am pro-coin saying that, like, we... You know, even in a socialist or communist, like, dictatorship of the proletariat, it is still helpful to have, like, a non-specialized currency um, just so that, like... Farmers don't have to try and, like, trade for their, like, stuff they need. They can just, like, get money for it. 
don't know. I mean, that's my thing is it's like it's just you're not. It's more like I think in, in like State and Revolution, Lenin says something like, you know, it just takes like basic math. He's basically like, we just have to teach people basic accounting, and it's like you don't even have to do that. You can just have an Excel spreadsheet that like takes the inputs and then puts it out. And like then instead of having like some medium of exchange, you're just recording inputs and outputs and saying, okay, we need this stuff to go here and we need that stuff to go here instead. You know, it's just, it's just a math problem. Yeah. That's how it works anyways. Cause a bank is just, especially in America where like people will be like, I don't want to take money. It's like, it's just recorded on basically an Excel spreadsheet in a bank. Right, mm-hmm. and it goes up and it goes down, and that's all it is. So it's like, what's the point of money if 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 we're already doing it in this way that just doesn't have any connection to money? You know, we can get rid of that. So yeah, yeah, like, and and I mean, mine mine comes from the fact that um, I did read a bunch of 16th century philosophers who were all very interested in the idea of moving from agrarian societies into specialized industrial societies and they were all like ah capital is the way to do that because it allows us to like do specialized things and yada 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 and like that is like like i said kind of the the bottom of that argument for me because like i also understand that that's like the argument for capitalism like that's the that's the oh capital allows us to um you know diversify and um you know we can use capital to do a lot of different things at once. And like, I also don't buy that argument entirely, but like I've actually been struggling and like, this is kind of why I want to talk to you. I, I was, I was actually been struggling with the idea cause I just finished a remedies course in law school. And like the only way we compute damages is based on money. And I don't know how we can like, like, it's like, yeah, like the idea of like Lenin, like the way Lenin describes it is like, yeah, like, I mean, that's already how, it, you're exactly right. That's already how it happens. Banks already just do loans and, you know, like houses and like, especially industry, like industry, like, you know, people, individuals might have cash, but like industry is all done on Excel spreadsheets. It's all just loans based off interest, based off securities, based off interest, based off loans. And for me, my two biggest hangups are, like individual people, like, and like, I always think about it like, I mean, you know, if we just get a stipend, you know, to go to the food store, right? You know, like, is there, is like everyone getting the same thing or is there a way to diversify that and like have like some kind of point credit system where it's like, oh, okay, like this loaf of bread, you know, costs three man hours to make and therefore it costs this much, like, for you to get it out or it's like, it, it, this one took 13 man hours to make and it's, you know, an artisan thing and yada, yada, yada. But then at the same time, like I said, it's it, 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 that and then like the individual spending capacity and then the, how do you remedy damages? Like, how do you even, I, I, I have lost on that question. <laughs> like, it's so confusing to me. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I mean, I think remedying damages is something that's a bit different, but for the rest, it's just like, okay, everybody gets... You get the same access to the stuff as the other people, you know? Mm-hmm. That's it. And I don't, because so many basics, like what? The U.S. produces, like the world produces enough food to feed 10 billion people and we throw half of it away? Like, mm-hmm. there, there's no need. 
you know, you just need to calculate the, the inputs and then get the outputs. And if everybody has access to it, you don't have people hoarding or something because, okay, we have been watching a lot of doomsday preppers lately, so maybe you do get people hoarding because people are crazy. But it's just like you don't need that. And then for special stuff, you know, I don't know. But something like something like damages, that does seem hard, you know? Like somebody drunk driving and like... Plows through your fence. Not even cows. anything malicious. Do you, or, or, you know, like I, that's because that's a lot of what we deal with is like non-punitive stuff. In the fact that, like, okay, you know, the contractor who built your house, you know, you know, hit the the backhoe and knocked down a wall. It's like, okay, well, you can tell him, like, but that's one of the things that like courts really hate doing is like you really hate making someone give like a personal injunctive order because it sounds a lot like slavery. If you're like, oh, I broke this and I don't want to fulfill this contract anymore, it, 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 it's hard to be like, well, you're going to. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I mean, that's really the whole point. I mean, that's why we do that with money, right? Because mm. you, if, if you knock down the wall accidentally, right, the whole point of like remedying that situation is to fix it. And money serves as this thing that's supposed to let us do that. But it's like, instead of you just say, okay, we have people who do this. Now someone comes and does that. You know? Yeah, that's actually true. Yeah. That's the exact same. I mean, that's the exact same as like money it's just instead of money you don't organize it it's just like oh okay the guy knocked down your wall we're gonna have somebody come fix the wall right that's the end it's yeah. just it i don't know well that makes sense and i like that <clears throat> and I, I just i don't like money because it's like okay how are you gonna actually calculate how much labor time it takes to make something you know what i mean mm -hmm. i don't like that that stuff's hard to do and i don't think it's possible to really calculate that's so why you and then money also makes it where it's like oh it makes money becomes its own good Right? Mm-hmm. It's like that thing, like with the, say, like the Whiskey Rebellion or something, you know? Like whiskey was a commodity good in like rural Pennsylvania in the late 1700s because like it stayed good and then also you could drink it if you wanted to. And it's like, but, but then because it was used like that, you know, it takes on this different form and it's like magical, right? It's the same with gold. It's the same with dollar bills or anything like that like they don't have any value and yet they have all the value and that's like a, this confusing thing you mm -hmm. know yeah i don't i don't trust i just don't trust it i don't trust it i and i get it for some specialized things it's like okay you know not everybody's gonna need like a i don't know a fucking les paul arch top or some shit but that doesn't mean figure out some system for getting those out there you know i don't know no, it's I, on the more like specialized consumer goods that it's like maybe you would need maybe that would be where you would need money you know yeah yeah and that's and like and like that's kind of always been my crux with this and like why I always love having this conversation with you is because um, so much of it is like it's it's that like I I am on your side on all of this and it's just like it's just some when I hit like I that we had a little conversation before the show and I told. I'm very engaged. I am very invested in engaging with arguments, but I'm also invested with asking questions and trying to get those answers. And like yeah. that, like whenever I was going through this remedies course, I was just like, "Oh my god, how okay?" Like actually working through that problem in my head was really difficult. Yeah, and it makes sense. And I mean, that slavery thing also makes sense as like a problem. But at the same time, like, I don't know, That's a th it's the same thing. That's the whole reason why you can get money in the form of restitution is that it's, you know, v dead labor. It's like it serves as this marker 
for X amount of labor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just because it's money instead of labor, it suddenly gets turned into something else. Well, Hmm. uh, I'm just trying to turn my my labor into money for the time being. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to graft on by. Many months has come and gone since I wandered from my home In those Oklahoma hills where I was born Many a page of life has turned, many a lesson I have learned Well, I feel like in those hills I still belong Way down yonder in the Indian nation Ride my pony on the reservation In those Oklahoma hills where I was born now we're down yonder in the Indian nation The cowboy's life is my occupation In those Oklahoma hills where I was born I'm Adam Burnett, and this week it's a throwback episode, so we've just got me and Carl on, and this is Red Star Over Oklahoma. We are a small political and news podcast broadcasting about left Oklahoma. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some different stuff today. We're going to talk about uh, Israel in the national news section, and then Once we get down to the Oklahoma news section, we're going to talk about some uh, tax dollars going to private religious schools and then uh, some mistakes that the health department in Oklahoma has made as well before we turn to our conservative reading list for the week. But uh, very first up is uh, our national news of um, the conflicts between Israel and Palestine this week in Gaza. And so uh, I'll let Trump – or Trump. Wow, Carl. That was an insult. Wow. Dude, I'm, wow. I'm sorry. Um, Whoa. I guess we'll just stop the show because I've insulted yeah. you too much to go on. Okay. You know, we said – we joked about having a coup last week, Adam. You are you're, – you're going to get some re-edumacation, okay? <laughs> That's all I've got to say now. Send me to Gulag. <laughs> I ain't afraid. <laughs> but anyway, so um, I mean – you know, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm sure you've got lots to say on this, and I do as well. But I mean, you know, we can at least set the stage. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, um, you know, this has kind of been a step by step by step thing. And I mean, so last week when the Iran deal was shelved, I know you guys talked about that. Israel took that as license to use the Golan Heights to attack Iranian troops in Syria. And I wasn't on the show, but as I was, I was in contact with y'all, and I was just very afraid that World War Three was going to start. And Still. it really seems like the pro-Israel stance from the U.S. has emboldened Bebe Netanyahu to, I mean, just take on everyone. Apparently, like it really seems like, like I mean, I mean, on top of using the Golan Heights, which is stolen Syrian territory that the UN says is stolen. Legally Syrian. Yeah. To to, this day. To attack Syrians and Iranians in Syria. And then on, like, literally within five days later, mass protests by Palestinians, um, which, I mean, you know, the Palestinian state is... I mean, they've literally built a wall. Like, I, I can't describe it any day other than to be like, uh, well, the Gaza Strip is a uh, bombed-out ruin where there's a wall and they can't go to hospital. Yeah. And um, um, it really seems like, like – and, like, my jumping-off point for this for you is that, like, it really seems to me that the U.S. backing of Israel has really emboldened them in the last two weeks. 
Yeah, and I mean, I just want to, I want to, before we, I want to lay out some of the stuff that has happened, right? Mm. Because it was on, it was on Monday when we moved the embassy to Jerusalem, which is legally not the capital of Israel uh, by international standards, which no one else has done, which is a terrible idea. The ambassador is going to have to commute between Jerusalem and Tel Aviv to do his work because the Israeli government is still in Tel Aviv. East Jerusalem is Palestinian legally by any stretch of the imagination. Um, what's happened, so they've been having this thing called the Great Return March since March 30th. Over 100 Palestinians have been killed since they started it. Over 12,000 have been injured since by the Israeli military. Um, on the day that that happened, on Monday, right, over over 50 Palestinians were, were shot by the Israeli military. After the fact, on Tuesday, um, a guy in the in the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, the Israeli military, came out and said, "Maybe we fucked up a little bit." Um, they've been Israel has apparently been using fragmentation bullets, which are designed whenever they hit stuff to break apart. You know, which is which is a thing like hollow points or something, which is a war crime. That's illegal. It's designed to maim and injure people. They're designed to be more deadly. Um, but the really, the really big deal on Monday, and probably what is kind of this, like insane bright line, which which is already ridiculous to say because of how, <clears throat> just how Israel treats people in Gaza and Gazans, right? That 19 medical personnel on the Gaza side were wounded or killed, right? Um, and, and the big name that everybody's talking about was a Canadian with Palestinian roots named Tarek Lubani. Um, and I just want to tell a story because it's it, it's it's really it, it kind of highlights everything that's wrong right now and why anybody who says anything. Oh, Israel's defending itself or something. It's just, it is wrong. Um, and so this guy, Tarek Lubani, has been in multiple war zones. He was detained in Egypt for multiple months just for, like, trying to help people during the Arab Spring. He was in Iraq during the war providing medical support. He does a bunch of uh, stuff a lot like Doctors Without Borders, right? Um, and he has been working in Gaza for a long time because he's got Palestinian roots. And he's been, he was there... One, to help people as a mech, and two, to do some some of the work he does, which is like open source, um, 3D printed medical stuff. And so he was doing some work on tourniquets, right? Because tourniquets are a way to to like save lives by, by ending blood loss whenever you get people to good medical care because Israel has systematically destroyed um, and, and starved Gazan hospitals since... Uh, Hamas won elections to control Gaza in 2005. Um, he was shot during a lull in the action in the legs. Um, and so he had a bullet go through both of his legs. Uh, he, he's able to walk now. He was okay. He got some help. He was wearing bright green medical scrubs at the time. And he was with a team of other doctors wearing bright orange vests that <clears throat> made it into Gaza via the Israeli military because they were sent to the Israeli military and it was look at these clothes these are medical these are the kind of clothes that medical personnel will be wearing and that's important because Israel has signed on to the parts of the Geneva Convention about treatment of during war right mm -hmm. um, and so whenever they shot him 
and then an, another person, which I will, I will talk about in a second, right? They were quite literally breaking, committing a war crime. There, there is no question about that. That is legally true. Um, because as he describes it, they were 25 meters away from any group of protesters. They were standing alone. There was a lull on the action. The smoke was gone. There are photos from when he was shot as well, and you could see that. It's a group of people wearing scrubs or bright orange vests that the Israeli military had approved to be sent into Gaza as, like, markers for medical personnel. Now, when Tariq so, hold on, got hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, real fast. Yes. Two notes. Number one, why does this even matter? The <clears throat> UN isn't – or the U.S., isn't a signatory to the Rome Statute or the International Criminal Court, so none of this well, is none of those things are backed by the U.S. anyway. So it's not like the, they're going to take their nuclear bombs away, which yeah, is all I mean, sarcasm nothing... on on my part. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and the other side it of does... that is is that well, don't don't these people know that when Israel was like, oh yeah, you can go to Gaza uh, to help these Palestinians, that it has it has literally been. Israel is number one esport to murder anyone giving medical aid to Palestinians inside Gaza for the last 10 years. Did they not know that? But I mean, apparently not. Um, <laughs> but, but this is a crazy thing because during the, this, this great return march, right, which is to, to um, recognize that it's been 70 years since what Palestinians called the Nakba when they were – uh, massacred and and forced into into the West Bank and Gaza out of the parts of of what we now call the state of Israel, right? Um, no medical personnel been hurt until Monday, and then 19 people were wounded or killed. And the medic, the thing with Tarek Lubani that's such a big deal is that the guy who helped him, um, a friend of his named uh, Musa Abu Hassanen, I don't know how to pronounce my Arabic is terrible, um, he treated Lubani's wound, got, and Lubani got sent off to a hospital to get some treatment. And the hospitals massively, were massively over overwhelmed already. They're overwhelmed on a normal day without any of this happening. Um, later, this guy, Abu Hassanen, was shot in the chest by an Israeli sniper. Um, he was wearing a bright orange vest. There's a photo of him you could see. There's a photo that uh, Tarek Lubani tweeted out with a group of people. Everyone in the photo except for one person was wounded or killed, including the person who took the photo. Um, and like I'm, Looking at uh, these pictures, it's just ridiculous because, I mean, they're literally in neon green scrubs and neon orange vests yeah. with flashers on them. I mean, they, they've got gas masks because that's, they won't stop using the tear gas. But like these do not look like anything. No, they, these are not. These are these are doc. These are not. And like even these pictures of them in the, like the crowds, they're wearing orange vests. And like I can't read Arabic, but I assume that all the writing on the back says medical doctor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and and the reason Israel signed on to that is because there's nothing. It's the same thing. Why, for example, the U.S. lets North Korean diplomats go to the U.N. or something? Because it is better for everybody if you just say, you know what, I don't fucking like you, but I don't want you all to treat these people poorly either. Because if Israel hadn't signed on to that, then they couldn't 
you know, charge people with war crimes when their doctors were getting shot in a war situation. Um, and the, the thing with Musa uh, Abu Hassanin is he got shot with a wound that is generally treatable. Uh, Lubani himself said if he had been there, he would have been able to fix it without a problem because he's fixed it multiple times in other war zones he's been in. But Abu Hassanin was surrounded by Israeli sniper fire for about half an hour while he was bleeding to death in, in an open field. And so he died because the Israelis kept shooting around him, so medical treatment couldn't get to him. And this is a guy who spent his whole life in Gaza just giving people medical care, marked in a vest, who died from a very fixable problem just because the Israeli military shot at people trying to help him. Well, he should have learned his lesson and known that... uh... You know, you're not allowed to help the Israelis or the Palestinians. He should have known. It, I mean, it's just, it, 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 it's mind-boggling that people sit, that anyone would defend the state of Israel when it is quite literally doing a war crime. What it, what it admits is a war crime. I, and, and that there was this sudden switch, but they hadn't shot a single medical person for, for the last month and a half. The last six weeks that this has been going on, no medical personnel had been shot. And then on one day, almost 20 get shot like that. That is on purpose. Um, Some other terrible things that happened. An eight-month-old baby died from tear gas inhalation, despite not being near the protest. Like, an eight-month-old baby died, was killed by the Israeli, quote-unquote, border protection action when they weren't near the border. And when they weren't near what is not a border, it's it's not a border legally. Um, uh, and I don't, I don't, just, I don't, I don't know if you're, um, if this was ex- necessarily the the attack that necessarily. I'm I, one of these articles that you had uh, uh, linked to um, is showing videos of the Israelis using drones to drop tear gas on uh, tent communities since there's no more buildings in Gaza. That's and, what that's what killed this eight month old baby. Yeah, it's, was tear it gas fired from a drone. Yeah, the, they are five hundred plus yards away from the border, and there's no way, there, there's no way to throw us. Apparently, they're claiming they're using tear gas to disperse them because they're throwing stones at the border. Okay, well, you know what? If you can throw a stone five hundred plus yards, you need to move to the states and you need to go to Bill Belichick and tell him that Tom Brady is trash. And that you can throw a stone yeah. 500 yards because that's superhuman. And that's the thing. I mean, the the there's this death zone around the 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 concentration camp fence surrounding Gaza that where they say you if you are within 100 meters of, of of this fence we will kill you. And then there's another like 300 meter zone or something where they say this is a danger zone. And then beyond that, people are still dying. That's what's so insane. And, and no matter what, you know, when, when people tried to break out of any kind of internment camp that's ever existed in history, they, they have always been on the right side of history. I don't care who you are. I, you know, if, you're, if, if you were trying to break out of the Warsaw Ghetto, if you were um, a Cherokee trying to break out of the internment camp in, in the 1830s before you got shipped to Oklahoma, if you were... Um, 
any group of people. So I think it's really, I think it's every moral right to leave. I think it's super interesting that you, and people who shoot you are, (laughs) I think, I think it's super interesting that you mention it that way, because like for me, like on, on one hand, like as I grew up, the first way I actually got like kind of, I hate, I'm not going to say it. The, The first way I got kind of introduced to the, um, like conflict between, um, Israel and Palestine was watching an Anthony Bourdain special where he literally was like, Oh yeah, there's going to be a little wall here. It's like, there's one part that's like kind of walled in. And then he gets there and it's just like this enormous wall that surrounds them all. And he's talking to people and they're like, yeah, they keep blowing up the schools and the hospitals and poisoning the wells. And uh, it doesn't seem like we're going to be able to live much longer. And there are children who are like born here and die here at like, before five years old because of Israel. And that was like when I first got introduced to that kind of thing, that like conflict. The other part of this is I think it's so interesting that you mention uh, like the, the being on the right side of history in regards to like the Indians. So you want to know who's on the wrong side of history? The U.S. government. Because the whole reason we won't sign the Rome statutes or we withdrew our signature from the Rome statutes and um, why we won't be a part of the International Criminal Court, which is sending people to determine if this was a war crime, which it doesn't matter if they say it is because the U.S. doesn't isn't going like will not use that as a reason to withdraw support ever because we're not a signatory on one hand. And the other one is that uh, we're, we're not going to. But like it's so interesting to me to say for you to say it that way, because the whole reason we won't be a part of the ICC is because if we were, Indian tribes in the U.S. would immediately take us to court for war crimes. Yeah, like it, and that. that right it, to do so. And like it, it's when you hear it that way, it's a fucked up thing to hear. But that is exactly what's going on. Like I, I have had lawyers explain that to me. That like, no, we work for the tribe, and if they ever sign the ICC, we'll bring suit in the ICC immediately. Because like, not just are there war like, but like, I mean, you know. There's still war crimes going on against sovereign tribes in the U.S. Yeah, I mean that's that's an important part of why I say, like, like the Navajo have tried to set up um, relations with Palestine because it's the because there's no distinction. Yeah. Because it's the exact same. It's 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 a system of settler colonialism that aims that is genocidal an attempt because it aims to destroy the culture and the group of people that live in a certain area. And it says, no, it's ours. And, and, and that's what's so important to me because, you know, this, this is an American show and this is especially an Oklahoman show, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when I went to elementary school, we had a land run day, right? So did I. Where we all dressed up like, yeah. And, and you, you know, you dress up like pioneers and you have a wagon and there's like you a line eat, and you, you run go, over Yeah, you go the, eat lunch outside and you stake your little area and you sit on the blanket and you eat lunch. And no one at the time told me that that was part of a project of genocide. And that's what that, that's what that is. That's what that looks like. That's, that's inculcating the values of, 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 of an eliminationist government policy aimed at the destruction of a certain culture. And, you know, I, I hear people giving shit to people who, who are like, oh, it's anti-Semitic to, to do something like criticize the state of Israel. Well, you know what? It's, anti, it's anti-colonial. It's anti-imperialist, but most importantly, it's, it's opposed to genocide to say that 
Palestinians have a right to fight back. Palestinians have a right to exist in the state of Palestine. Well, Palestinians I mean, I mean, have a right to live where they are from. I mean, even describing it that way, it mm-hmm. like almost like it's even less than that because like they're not even asking for their right to fight back. Like they're asking for their right to peaceably assemble. And like, I get that there have been clashes and there are people in Palestine who throw rocks and you know, there might be a handgun fired once in a while, but you know what? That's a response for, I mean, even if it's not a response to the day, but like when you're not allowing people within a hundred meters of a wall, that you're keeping them inside of and they want to stand up front and go, let us through, let us through, let us through. Or even if they want to walk through it and you're the one stopping them, it's self-defense. It, I mean, it, and like, like when you describe that land run thing, it's like, yeah, we should have taken like the 10 biggest boys in the like class and made them beat up all the nerds on the, like where we were going to go do the land run beforehand. And then like they got kicked off and had to go like eat, like, eat lunch in like a mud, like just make a muddy dirty part of the area and make like all the quote unquote Indians go over there. And like, that's how it should have been done. Instead of being like, Oh yay, let's go have dressed up like cowboys and have a day outside. Yay. Like, no, let's, let's not, yeah. Like indoctrinate people to believe that, um, genocide and like the land theft is from sovereign nations is totally cool. Yeah, is is not even totally just like acceptable on some level. I mean, that's the thing for me. Is it's it's literally it's this lack of understanding that something like the reservation or or Gaza or or the West Bank is is by any stretch of the imagination a concentration camp and. And that it should be shameful. And I don't mean, okay, everybody likes to fucking say, everybody thinks when you say the word concentration camp, everybody thinks of, of camps meant to kill communists, Jews, and, and Sinta and Roma people in Eastern Europe during World War II. And that's not true. Those are extermination camps. A concentration camp is a place where you remove people, you concentrate them, and you say, well, we don't give a shit about you anymore. If you die, you fucking die. It doesn't matter. We just want you out of the way forever. And that's what Gaza is. Well, and you could and also... who doesn't have the guts to say that is, is not only a coward, they're morally despicable, in my opinion. Yeah. Because there are kids in Gaza that have spent their entire lives, mm-hmm. their entire lives, under a state of siege where a country shoots rockets at them every day of the week where they get shot at for saying, I would like to go visit my family that lives in the other part of the legally existing country that I supposedly have based on agreements that Israel supposedly believes in something like the Oslo Accords. And the state keeps me from doing that so that they can erase the existence of of my family on in the West Bank while I'm stuck here in Gaza with no clean water, no access to medical care, no access to school, no access to anything. And, and then people sit here and fucking say, ooh, it's, it's bad to criticize. No, it's disgusting. And it, it is cowardice to say anything else. Well, and I think one of the so things... This just gets really heated as an issue. Yeah. Oh, I agree. <laughs> but like, I think one of the things that you've already kind of touched on that I, I, like, I really like, like to mention in this context and that I think is really good to bring nuance into this is that because, you know, on one hand, you know, 
it's really hard to be on the other side of this. Like, I don't understand people who are on the other side of this who are like, oh, we have to support Israel no matter what. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't support any country no matter what because that seems a lot like nationalism and like nationalism is how awful, awful things like this happen. But I think it's really interesting to note like the way you describe this because like you can also do this in a way, you can do concentration camps and you can do these are like these genocides in a way that to even the like the moderates or like the people who are not affected by it that they say well it's not like that we we did this and like i think palestine's a great example of being like well they have their own country why don't they just build their own hospitals and like well okay because we've put them in a situation where like if you put a people in a place and you put a wall around them and you don't let them leave and you get rid of the hospitals they're gonna have to get across that wall and if you say well if you try and get across the wall we're gonna shoot you that's that's not like it's not them cause it's it's not like oh well this is the punishment for trying to get across the wall it's like no you created a situation where they inevitably have to cross the wall and yeah, then you have, have an excuse to, to exterminate them and it's like the same thing that happened with native americans in the US where it's like oh, okay well well we we need you to move you know we have better firepower yada 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 so you have to go to this place, and if you say you're not going to go, if you rebel and fight back, we're just going to exterminate you. It's that's not a I choice. Mean, it's, it's not. It's not a choice, and it looks like a choice, and it's presented as a choice, and it's taught in history books as a choice, but it's not a choice. Exactly. Guerrilla warfare, it's not fighting choice. back in that point is self-defense. It's not saying even if you know firing the first shot is self-defense because you're in a position where it's like, well, do I die by starving to death? Do I die by not getting medical treatment? Or do I die by a gun? Yeah. And, and I mean, I think, I think the, the, the reservation is such a good, such an apt description of this, because if you look, say, at Oklahoma's history, right, you know, and this is something that I have a, that I, I really find, sad about Oklahoma's history that we so deeply identify with it, you have literally the exact same situation that you have in the West Bank today. Um, Insofar as you have uh, the federal government or the Israeli government, depending on the situation we're talking about, you have borders, you have agreements that say the people who live here have the right to this and it's theirs. And then you have people who break those laws. And those people are boomers or sooners in Oklahoma. They were. And and in Israel, they're settlers. You know, that's what they're called. They're called settlers. And they break the rules and they do shitty things. And the government says, oh, well, you broke the rules, but we can't do anything about it. So you all keep get to doing that. Keep to get keep getting to do that without any kind of problem, without any kind of resource, and you, you know, recourse for, for the tribe or the Palestinians that are suffering because of this. And you have a government that doesn't really give a shit about the fact that this is happening and acts like they do. And then you have political electors in the government that says, hey, we need to recognize that these people are doing this and we need to be okay with it. And what that ended up with in the, in the state of Oklahoma was exactly what we were talking about earlier, a situation where, you know, barely a barely over a hundred years after after we we really kind of finished it up finished up that process we we are celebrating it and that's what's going to happen in the west bank if we don't say something Mm -hmm. about it you know if we don't talk about it like this because you have this situation where these people can't leave and exactly what you're saying it's self-defense it's your right to go through that wall that they have built up and well and you know i i think i think i think part of what you're describing as well is the fact that like 
especially in somewhere like Palestine, you know, in, in the U.S., it, it is a slightly different situation. I'm not equating morality or trying to balance moralities or doing any of that because I am not uh, qualified to do that. Uh, but I think there's a slightly different situation in that part of what happened in the U.S. was shoving people off some land into other land. And well, no, but with that's Palestine, the thing. That's, that's there's exactly no land left. Yeah, but that's that's what happened. That's what that's what the Nakba. That's what the term refers to: shoving Palestinians out of the land that currently is recognized by international law as the state of Israel into the other parts, namely into the West Bank of Gaza. Mm -hmm. That is what the Nakba refers to. And now, just like with Oklahoma, just like with any of the reservations anywhere that white people are trying to live in, what it is is exactly the same thing. Where now there's no more space for the state to expand. And so what it has to do is it has to erase the people that live there. Mm -hmm. It has to kill them. It has to destroy their culture. It has to force them to accept the logic of a settler colony. Yeah. And, and so it is, in a way, exactly the same. And that's, a, that's very important because if you look at support for the state of Israel internationally in terms of what it does, just like general support, if you look at the settler colonial states that exist, so the United States, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, and South Africa, all of these countries that or settler colonial countries have a big gap, a big jump in what we would expect from them socioculturally if they were not settler colonial and support for Israel. Something like 10%. They support they support Israel just 10% more than you would expect from comparable countries, right? If they weren't settler colonial countries. And that's the only thing that can explain it, because it's it's part of the logic. Because it's understood that there's a group of people that have a right to this land, there's a group of people that are there that have it and live there and exist there that need to go away. <clears throat> and, and it's just, it, it's so, it, it, we're at the point now where an eight-year-old baby died and people are getting to write New York op-eds saying that, well, that's sad, but it's legitimate. And, you know, let me say this right now, okay? The, no Israeli is the problem. The state of Israel itself mm -hmm. is the problem. The existence of that program is the problem. There, we have comrades in Palestine, but we also do have comrades in Israel that say this is bad. This is Amen. not acceptable. This is, we have to do something about this. And anybody who conflates the fucking criticism of, of, of a country killing eight-month-old babies with anti-Semitism is, is just as disgusting as, as the state that is killing them because that logic is what, you know, this anti-Arab, this anti-Muslim sentiment is, is the exact same logic that, that they're saying we deploy whenever we say maybe eight-month-old babies shouldn't be dying from tear gas inhalation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that was like part of what I was trying to say as well is, you know, at, at this point, it, you know, You've already kind of said the difference between, you know, concentration camps and extermination camps. But, you know, with the West Bank, it, it, I, I, I watch the situation and I just go, how much longer until they're, at, how they're, until they're done? You know, it seems like every two or three years they're pushing that border forward and making the amount of land smaller and, sm and smaller and smaller and smaller. And there's just yeah. nowhere left and for these can, people I mean, to go. There's nowhere left for them to run. I mean, even if you're saying, like, all right, well, we're not willing to fight. We just want to run. We just want to leave. We want to go to Jordan. We want to go to Egypt. We want to go to the U.S. We just want to leave. We don't want to be near Israel. They, they've made it clear that they're going to kill us. Like, I just don't understand. Like, it just, at what point do we switch from concentration to extermination? Because it looks like that. It feels like that. The walls literally are closing in around these people. 
Uh, yeah, like and, literally, and, that's and, a descriptive statement. That's not a metaphor. That's there are there are more walls closing in around them. <laughs> they can't leave. <laughs> yeah, they literally can't leave, and they get shot if they get close to the wall. Like that's <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Um. I, I want to say some other things that have happened during the Great March because I think it's important to say two Palestinian journalists have been killed by the Israeli military. Ninety journalists have been injured during this, this Great Return March. Um, and, and Israel has been denying access to Gaza journalists. So we can't even get good reporting out of it because they're trying to hide their crimes against humanity and, and their war crimes. And <clears throat> when we're at the point where they're shooting journalists, you know, from all the other things we said at this point, it's just there's no moral space anymore for for any defense of the state of Israel. It's just it's over. It, it we have to come to terms with the fact that there is a settler colonial project aimed at the eradication of Palestinians. That that's it. That's that's the end of the discussion now. That is Israeli government policy at this point. It's it's over. You know. And if you're going to be an American, especially if you're going to be an Oklahoman, and you're going to sit on the left, and you have any fucking respect for yourself, you have to come to terms with that. And you have to come to terms with saying that this is not okay. Yeah. That, that, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm right on your side. I agree. Well, do you want to move on to Oklahoma news? Yeah, I'm, uh, we, got some, we got some good stories coming up. Got some interesting stuff going on right now in the great state of Oklahoma. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is this uh, great reporting out of Oklahoma Watch. I mean, Oklahoma Watch always doing God's work. Um, and it's about how there's this program that lets uh, basically lets the state of Oklahoma or, or, or lets private individuals avoid paying taxes that would otherwise go to um, public schools, <laughs> pay for private education, which I think is obviously pretty problematic. So what that is, is this thing, there's this tax credit, right? Where a private school gets to set up or an organization gets to set up a scholarship fund, right? What this scholarship fund does is it lets people donate money. And those people who donate that money, if they do a one-year um, donation, they get to write off 50% of those taxes. Uh, they get a 50% of the, the amount they donate as a tax credit. And if they do – they were having technical difficulties over here. They're solved now. Um, if they <laughs> – if they, if they donate for two years, they get to they get a 75% tax refund, tax credit for the amount they donate, right? So if you say, if you donate $10,000 one year, you get $5,000 write off on your Oklahoma state income taxes. And if you donate $10,000 for two years, so $20,000 in total, you get 15, a $15,000 tax credit on your, on your state income returns. So what this has led to is a situation where um, basically companies and so on, companies, rich individuals, can reduce the amount of taxes they pay by donating 
by donating that money to a scholarship, which then a private school uses to pay for poor students to go to it, right? Mm -hmm. Which already on, on its face is a bit problematic because it basically says, oh, it's this thing where people say we want school choice. We want to increase like the, the, the school choice by privatizing education. That's bad because it's robbing our deeply underfunded state schools um, and, and state budget in general of money that could be used on getting people into good education. And what it also lets happen is it, it basically by saying you get that tax credit on that money is um, instead of having the state government pay a private religious institution, instead the state government is saying you can pay for a private religious institution and then we won't take the money. So it's this way around that. But that's already bad enough at its start, right? Mm -hmm. That already sounds bad. The really crazy thing is that through this situation, <clears throat> homeschooled children who uh, attend a private school part-time can get some, um, can get access to this money, right? Uh, because there's a school called the Academy for Classical Christian Studies in the Oklahoma City area that has said that if you're homeschooled, you can come here using these scholarships that are funded by these tax breaks that like, companies do, companies and individuals do to get these tax breaks. You can come to this school part time, right? And so these students are considered homeschoolers by, by the state law, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's two questions. The first one is... Are they getting the amount of money that they would get if they were a full-time student, which would be, you know, really bad because basically the state is subsidizing a private school to teach religious instruction, <clears throat> which is not always the case, but still is like a thing. And that basically, you know, that that to me seems to be violating the spirit, if not the letter of the First Amendment. And especially in Oklahoma, where our separation of church and state laws are a lot more intense than they are at the federal level, mm. seems really bad. But the other thing it could do is allow a family to get uh, basically require the state to pay for a student, a student school twice. Yeah, because there are publicly funded online charter schools that you can enroll in um, already a problem because charter schools, you know, are for profit schools to get public money, which is disgusting. Um, a different problem, just like this problem in general. But you could have a, 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 a child enrolled in a publicly funded online charter school who is also getting uh, a scholarship through this tax rate program to go to a, a private school. So you could have the state of Oklahoma paying for the education of a child twice, right? Um, at the moment... Well, and not only that, like, like, I think it's important to note in that aspect that not mm -hmm. only are the, is the state paying for it twice, but like the, the, the state like is paying for it twice for almost exclusively upper-class students. Like... This like it, it. You still have to pay part of this private tuition, regardless. So this yeah. isn't something that like poor kids are getting extra money. No, rich kids are getting extra money. Exactly. Um, you know, basically, rich people are in a situation where they might be getting, you know, money that the state already budgets for for their student for for their children plus extra money because they're rich enough to afford to pay tuition. Um, to go to a private school. So what we could have a situation, <laughs> we could have a situation where a rich family is getting their kid's school paid for twice so they can get 
a religious education. Yeah. And not only um, that, but I think I, that you said kind of not <clears throat> in the spirit of the First Amendment. So the exact phrase is excessive entanglement. That's the thing you're not allowed to do. So, like, but this is just such an example of, like, oh, okay, we'll just pay them twice. Like, we'll just funnel that taxpayer money to that place anyway, regardless. And, uh, yeah, we just won't excessively entangle ourselves to, to conflict the establishment clause. Which is, like, I mean, it is, it is to me, obviously, excessive entanglement because it creates a situation where private religious institutions are 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 – you know, honestly should do this, do this so that they can get all these benefits, right? (laughs) Which is insane, you know? Now, the thing with rich kids getting this, it's important to note, you can't qualify for one of these scholarships where you can donate and get the tax credit. If your family has, if you're a family of four, you can't make more than $136,000 a year, uh, roughly. Okay, that's a pretty high ceiling yeah, in a state like Oklahoma, say. though. That's a that's um, a lot of money in Oklahoma. Six figures in Oklahoma. You were uh... in, you were in. If not, you were one hundred percent in the top twenty percent of incomes. If you're making above a hundred k, and you might be in the top fifteen percent of incomes in the state of Oklahoma. So you don't need that. You 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 genuinely don't need that money in relation to poor people who don't have the option to send their kids to these schools because they can't afford the tuition. Not just person, that, right? but like poor kids who <laughs> like, it, like I just, I've been in so many Oklahoma schools where it's like inner city schools that just don't have desks or teachers or textbooks or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And like these pictures on this article of these schools who just like perfect and they look really well funded. And it's just like, I just is, mind-boggling that we're like, ah, oh, yeah, we need to make sure that the upper-class Christians make sure that they have the opportunity, like, and, like, another part of this article is talking about, like, oh, well, it's good that, like, basically one of the lines coming out from people is, it's good that um, the state is giving such uh, latitude to individuals to choose how they want their child to be educated, and it's like, yeah, if you're rich, white, and Christian, then, yeah, you can have your kid educated however you want, but if you're anything else then you have no protections and not only that but uh we're gonna put more security officers and more guns in, in into all these public schools and you know not only is that not gonna probably stop any more violence but we're just gonna have more engagement with um poor people and with people of color w- with law enforcement because of that and it's like you know, the solution for these rich white folk is to get a tax credit so that they can do homeschooling and go to a religious school. But the solution yeah. for, like, people of color and poor people in, like, not just, you know, like, not just urban places, but in shitty rural districts as well, is uh, firearms and no books. Well, and also, I mean, that kind of generates itself because you have, okay, all this money that should be going to, to good public education facilities uh, are going to these private institutions that rich people, rich people's kids go to. And then because the schools are shitty, because there's no economic opportunity for the, for the poor children of color and so on, there is going to be a higher propensity for, for, for the kind of problems that then are 
you say, oh, well, we need more cops at these schools. And so then the school is starved of the resources necessary to keep that stuff from, from being present in a community. And then it, it, it generates this negative feedback loop where you have this retrenchment of wealth, you know, this kind of Paquettian assurance that the best way to stay, to be rich is to be born rich and then you'll be richer. And <laughs> you have this Sorry, situation I can't help but where... scoff. I just, I can't. It, it makes my skin hurt. Anyway. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's insane. Um, it's fucked up in the membrane. You know what I mean? That, that we're in a situation where people are trying to expand this so they can have quote-unquote school choice. Fuck your school choice, you know? You don't get school choice. You don't get to have a private, you don't get to have a private education on public money. Fuck you. You don't get to have a religious education on public money. Fuck you. Fuck you. That's, it, yeah. It's that simple. <laughs> yeah, and especially if that means that you're in a situation where you're getting money for a student and a half for your kid to get a religious education when a kid trying to get a normal education because the parents aren't making fucking 115k a year and totally able to afford it on their own if they want to you know gets to they're getting a student and a half's funding or two students worth of funding from the state like that's just so yeah. fucked up. That's just that's literally robbing the poor to feed the rich. That's what this uh, fucking tax system is. Well, speaking of robbing the poor to feed the rich, I think that's uh, kind of the theme of our next story too, isn't it? This this next story is this is a doozy. I don't <laughs> I don't I don't even know where to start on this. Um, there was a so a multi county grand jury came back with a report on financial mismanagement at the Oklahoma State Department of Health, LSDH, right? Um, this came out on Thursday, if I'm recalling correctly. And there's been, there's been a, a low-key crisis going on at uh, OSDH since, I think it's, I think it's since September, um, where just a bunch of shit has been going wrong, and nobody really knows what's going on. And so there's this grand jury, and they finally released this uh, report, right? Because it looked for a while there like the health department couldn't afford to pay its bills. Um, and then they brought in Preston Dorflinger, uh, let me, yes, um, the state's director of finance to oversee the State Department of Health. Um, it's telling that the State Department of Health's building is missing one of the letters and the sign on it. Hmm? That should that should already give you an idea of the situation we're dealing with here. So Preston you mean the high class good people? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. A, a department that is clearly funded appropriately, right? <laughs> um, Preston Dorflinger was brought in whenever it came out that oh no, there's going to be this problem, and it was like, okay, you're a financial guy, you should be able to figure this out. Um, and he before he was ousted before he had to leave because it turns out he's a uh, domestic violence guy who likes doing domestic violence which is disgusting and has no place in in any part of anybody's lives um he said that osdh would need 30 million dollars in extra money to meet its payroll requirements uh to do you know to just pay its basic bills and that they need to lay off about 200 people um and so that went through the OSH got that $30 million special appropriation in November, and uh, I think it was 198 people were laid off at OSDH. Now, what the grand jury found 
is that OSDH the entire time was solved. Now, there were some problems like... Uh, you mean Gary we've Jones. been lied to? Are you telling yes, me we've been run amok and led astray? Now, the crazy thing about this running amok and, and leading us astray is, is how it happened, right? So, the State Department of Health um, gets a bunch of federal matching funds, right? And uh-huh. those funds are supposed to be paid a certain way. So they had what the grand jury called a slush fund, where they would put in money and they would leave it there to make sure that they could pay their bills. And some of that, and they would call it a federal account because they were afraid the state legislature would come in and be like, oh, we're short of money for something. You know, oh, this cigarette fee that it turns out was a tax got canceled and we need to spread some money around. Okay, we'll take your money. And so they put a bunch of money. At one point, they had like $40 million in this fund. So that the state legislature wouldn't rate it whenever they fucked up on and made some mistake that ruined the budget, um, which did literally happen last year. Um, they wanted to keep the department from rating it. On top of that, they had their own special and still own special financial system, right? Um, I think it's called fiscal. Now, this system is from the early 80s is so old that when parts of it break, they have to buy them abroad because they're literally not available to purchase in the United States. It does not have a graphic user interface. You can only interact with it through text commands, right? And so they just had no idea what their financial situation was because they hadn't switched over to the um, the Office of Management and Enterprise Services system that they recommend for the state, right? Mm-hmm. Because they, they couldn't afford to do it. They didn't know what was going to happen. It, Carl, I mean, I have to tell you, if you walked through an Oklahoma government building where they're using computers, you would not just be terrified. But let me tell you, we're a ways from the singularity. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know that and I understand that. But apparently at OSDH, it was unbelievably bad in that sense right they were just trying to and like so, play pong on these like max from 1992 that could only do addition and subtraction but not multiplication <laughs> i mean that's what it sounds like except yeah. not 1992 1982 oh my god right? um so they're, they're on this old system. They don't know where all the money is. They're deeply afraid that they're going to run it. And Gary Jones, Republican candidate for governor, seemingly the, the, the least we want to just piss on everything that's good about the state of Oklahoma candidate. Um, he was like, yeah, they were actually in a seriously bad financial situation because at one point they had $2 million on their books and they have biweekly payroll requirements of $6 million. So there's a, there's a problem, um, right? Um, and they, they were hiding all this money so they could get around the fact that the legislature would take the money if, if they fucked up. And so... What the grand jury also said was, oh, my God, this is disgusting. This is this is reprehensible, right? These people have been hiding money from the state. But the thing is, the grand jury found itself that everybody involved in this crisis at OSDH was doing their best to give health care to Oklahomans, um, was doing their best 
as up-to-date to the extent that they could, and was doing their best to provide services. And was using this slush fund, for example, to avoid firing people whenever they wouldn't have maybe state appropriations that would cover their expenses because the state government fucked up and didn't do its job of appropriating them enough money to do stuff like give kids health care or get kids out of abusive homes, right? So there was no embezzlement. Um, there was no... There was nobody got nicer office furniture. Nobody got like a nice company car or a new uh, computer that they didn't really need or anything like that. The health department just tried to do its job on a system that they couldn't replace because they never knew if they would have the money to, to pay for the basics services that they're supposed to provide and because they wanted to make sure that in the future they'd still be able to provide those services so it's it's really really crazy and you throw on top of that is this asshole preston dorflinger this wife beater comes in here and says we have to we have to fire 200 people we have to ruin these people's lives and we have to get all this extra money that the health department hasn't even used right and, you know, what, what this story is to me is, is, is not some indictment of the health department. It's an indictment of the political culture in Oklahoma where you have people providing life-saving services, where you have people, you know, getting battered children out of abusive households, where they feel like the only way they can keep doing that is hiding money from the legislature so that they don't have to go to some kid so that... So that the kid next week that they're saying we need to get out of a situation where their dad is beating them weekly, <laughs> they don't next week have to say, sorry, buddy, we can't afford to move you. You know, this is, this, is, this is what they were trying to avoid because the state of Oklahoma is so fucked up that the legislature would say, well, we did the math wrong or we passed something that we knew the whole time was unconstitutional. And now, well, kid, you get to live, live, live with your abusive dad forever. Like, it's a scathing indictment by no means of the health department, which has its problems, clearly, because they're just running around like chickens with their heads cut off in terms of this financial system, this financial management system they're using. But really, it's, it's just, it's just crazy. It, it, it boggles the mind, like the comedy of errors that has gone down with the State Department of Health. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think that this is, you know, yeah, like you said, less an indictment of the health department and more an indictment of, um, you know, the political system and that. But I think it's about time we move on to conservative reading list for the week. Before we do that, though... Uh, Oh, we, we got a message fresh, coming in on the wire. Fresh hot off the wire, uh, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin told Fox and Friends just now that they're putting the trade war on hold with China, and they have reached a tentative trade deal with Beijing. So, <laughs> um, the rich get richer, and Steve Mnuchin continues to uh, barely fit into his human, human suit, um, since he's just... Uh, <laughs> a colony of 15,000 sentient roaches that have uh, managed to become treasury secretary. But I imagine we'll probably end up having to talk about that next week because, uh, be some yeah, it's going to be a week. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> tell us what we got for the, 
conservative reading list. Yeah, so this is this is this is low hanging fruit. I'm gonna be honest. Okay, this is published on Friday by uh, you guessed it, the Oklahoma Editorial Board, pew, pew, and it's pew. called Democrats Moving Even Further to the Left. Um, I did not know they were already left wing. Uh, I'd love to see the political compass they have in their room at the Oklahoma Editorial Board. It probably said the more government does stuff, the more socialist it is. Um, pretty sure that's about their level of thinking. <laughs> but that's it. Let's just go into it. Huh? it, it it's good. It's refreshing. Um, so it starts. Donald Trump's presidential victory in 2016 came as a shock to many people, especially Democrats. Recent electoral trends suggest many Democrats have settled on an explanation. Hillary Clinton was too conservative. So far, so good. Correct. Okay. Um, Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I guess so far, I could have written that paragraph unironically. Okay. Because I do think that that's part of the issue. But anyway, keep going. This can be seen in the fact that more Democrats are now embracing the scare quotes socialist label. Time will tell if this helps Democratic candidates win general elections or only party primaries. But there are indications the party's top campaign officials, whose job it is to win elections, have their doubts. Okay. Now, what I want to say, <laughs> these, these are the people who lost an election to Donald Trump, so I don't know why the Oklahoma Editorial Board thinks they have an understanding of American politics that's worth anything. <laughs> yeah. Not even, like, <laughs> like, they throw out the scare quotes over socialist. Like, one, there isn't the DSA that just exists and, like, is a separate yeah. political organization from the Democrats. Two, like, it also is, like, like, oh, it's, like, we talk about this all the time, but it's, like, they still have this idea that it should still be, like, the West Wing. Like, <laughs> like, like, these party t- top campaign officials whose job is to win elections, their job isn't to help people. Their job isn't to... Um, develop a political strategy that is inclusive and um, uh, uh, uplifting. Um, it's not to protect the country. It's not to secure our economic interests. <laughs> it no, is so, to win elections. elections. <laughs> you might as well say the PR firm in charge of controlling your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, also, just again, they lost to Donald Trump, okay? Maybe they don't have their fucking finger on the pulse of the American political landscape. <laughs> they lost to a fucking Cheeto racist. <laughs> the least popular candidate in the history of American politics. Utterly unqualified. Who literally, like, less than a month before the fucking election, a tape came out where he said, I am a sexual assaulter. I sexually assault people. And they lost to that guy. And, and the Oklahoma editorial board is like, well, I think they have good opinions about politics. They probably understand. Um, just those guys, you know. Uh, in recent primaries in Nebraska and Pennsylvania, Politico reports that Democratic voters, quote, pick nominees to battleground seats that the National Party didn't expect and may not have wanted. In Nebraska, former U.S. Representative Brad Ashford was the preferred candidate of the Democratic Congressional Cam- Campaign Committee, the DCCC, but lost to a more liberal opponent in a congressional primary. Moderate Democrats also lost primary races in Pennsylvania. All of this, okay, this is just descriptive, fine. Yeah. Officials with the Progressive Change Campaign Committee said Ashford's loss proved, quote, 
The way to inspire voters in 2018 is to campaign on a bold progressive agenda of Medicare for all, higher wages for workers, and other economic populist ideas that help working families and challenge corporate power. Once, still, it's yeah, almost why would like, it not do well? It's almost <laughs> like the Republicans and the Democrats are just capitalists trying to keep control, and that the actual spectrum is fascism versus socialism. But who yeah. am I? Who am I? Mm. It almost seems like there's mm. a group of people who are running on populist ideas that are about uplifting people and giving them access to the economy and healthcare. And then the other side is saying, you know what we should do is we should limit the access to the economy and healthcare just to the people who look like us. It almost yeah. seems like that's what's uh, – never mind. I, I, I forget the Oklahoma editorial board is much more educated than I am. Yeah, they're just smarter. Um. <laughs> more smarter. Yeah, more smarter, just like it's more socialist Um In four state house races in Pennsylvania, candidates backed by the Democratic Socialists of America won primaries. Ariel Cohen, co-chair of Pittsburgh DSA, told the Huffington Post those results represent a, quote, monumental shift. Quoting again, we won on popular demand that were seemed impo- deemed impossible. We won health care for all. We won on free free education, Cohen said. Quoting again, we're turning the state the right shit red tonight. Woo! A Pittsburgh de- pew, 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 Hell pew! yeah to that. Yeah. Yeah, Ariel Cohen. <laughs> that's that's some that's some shade. I'm surprised they even put that quote in because like that's actual fire <laughs> and like I <laughs> I'm just surprised. <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna show why they felt comfortable putting that in later on. Oh yeah, I'm um, sure they're about to say that yeah. that <laughs> this woman like murdered people or something. Yeah, keep going. Um, Pittsburgh DSA backed candidate has even won election as a district judge. Oh no. Nice. Good. Um, Democrats who embrace the stuff of the stable are not confined to Pennsylvania. Okay, hold on. In Virginia, I, I'm sorry, I, I have to pause. Yeah. Democrats who embrace the socialist label. It's like they don't understand what political ideology is. It's like, oh, um, yeah, okay, so describe for me what ideology is. Okay, well, there are Democrats and there are Republicans. And then there are different kinds of those underneath. It's like, well, what if I told you I had, like, a political belief that isn't rooted in, like, the last hundred years of, like, American politics? Well, that's not a thing. <laughs> also, like, You're either a Democrat or a Republican. A like, bipolar between the two american parties that like basically represent 90 percent of the same things <laughs> yeah yeah it's exactly it's hmm. just like ugh. Hmm. anyway keep going um yeah embrace the socialist stable are not confined to pennsylvania in virginia lee carter was elected to that state's legislator legislature carter quote envisions transforming corporations into worker-owned cooperatives end quote oh, the huffington post God. reports nice um the Texas Observer says at least 17 members of the Democratic Socialists of America are running for office in that state this year, and two of the most viable candidates are seeking congressional seats. Hell yeah. Make Texas Woo. red again. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess Texas was never actually red. Uh, so. Make Texas red. Hmm? Democrats' embrace of socialism, even with adjective qualifiers attached, is driven by the success of Senator Bernie Sanders, who sought the Democratic presidential nomination in 2016 and won many states. They don't mention Oklahoma. They don't mention the fact that he won 75 out of 77 counties in the state of Oklahoma. Like, they don't mention that he won the most votes of any primary candidate in the 2016 primary in Oklahoma. I don't know how that doesn't seem relevant to them, but they'll, they'll tell us at the end. Okay? Uh, I, also, I also love 
that, again, they can't get away from this bipolarness. It's like they can't see the world in anything other than Democrats versus, well, Republicans versus Democrats. Because, like, literally, this Democrats embrace the socialism even with adjective qualifiers attached. And, like, but, like, what is, like, do you not, do you not understand what the DSA is? Like, they're not, they're not the remnants of the Democratic Party that, like, was in the South. Like, they're not... They're not Dixiecrats or, like, they're not rooted in this history of American politics like that. And also, we're talking about yeah. ideas and, like, you can't, you, like, you literally are unable to walk away from, like, literally being like, well, they're socialists, but they're really Democrats. It's almost like the real, real cuss word here is Democrat. Yeah, which it is. It 100% is to them. Because they failed to mention that Senator Bernie Sanders... Is it independent? Not a Democrat. Yeah, that's why I was. I forgot to say that. Yeah, yeah but it's they, like... they don't mention that. Um, which is important because uh, I want to read that next sentence to 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 say why why that's important. Yeah. Sanders has long embraced the socialist label, and many of his colleagues and potential twenty twenty Democratic presidential candidates now join him in calling for things like government run healthcare, which is like a way for them to get around the fact that he's not a Democrat. Yeah. He's not a member of the party. Mm. They're not his colleagues. He caucuses with them, but he's an independent. And they want to, they want, they want, they just think that Democrat and socialist is like kind of the same in a way. Yeah. Um, let's keep going. Well, Democrats who embrace the socialist label have appeal outside party primaries. One clue comes from a 2016 study by Vox and polling firm Morning Consult that asked Sanders supporters how much they would act to enact his quote unquote free health care and college proposals. More than half were not willing to pay more than $1,000 annually for his health care plan or $1,500 for his college plan or less than what most people currently pay to receive employee-sponsored health care. <laughs> I love that. I love how they, and that's like, oh, they're not willing to pay less than what they already do. It's like, that's one of the benefits of these things is that it does make it cheaper for everybody. Well, and also, like, <laughs> like, like, wouldn't, like, in this, like, okay, let's say they're right. You know what? You know, they're entirely right. So you can get employee, you can get insurance through your employer. And like, let's even say your employer will pay for your college. And it is, and let's give them, let's give them all the credit on this one. Let's see, it's a little bit less expensive to go through your employer and then, than it is to pay it through the government. But isn't that just making you a slave to your gov, like to your employer? Like, isn't that the whole point is that people without jobs or people who maybe don't work in a corporate environment are then like are then barred from being able to get education or healthcare, and that's the whole problem. Like, isn't that the point? Like that we're making, and not oh well, it's just cheaper. Well, yeah, maybe even though it is, yes, but way cheaper. <laughs> oh my god! But but I mean, I think I think you actually highlight something that's really important because the Oklahoman is a mouthpiece for capitalists. Yeah, that's all it is. The editorial board exclusively exists to do that, and when you tie healthcare to employment. All of a sudden, labor struggles are about uh, healthcare, and uh-huh. employees have another pull factor to keep them in the job because they need to stay once they have the job. They need to not get fired. They need to behave, or else they might fucking die of preventable things. Um, uh, let's just let's yeah. <laughs> let's finish let's finish it out because this explains the entirety of their thinking, right? In other words, even Democratic voters like socialism more in theory than in practice. It's reasonable to think mainstream voters will continue to take an even dimmer view. <laughs> oh my god. It, it's just fart noises. It's just fart noises for me. It's like... 
And like that fucking ribbing, mainstream voters will take an even dimmer view. I fucking shared this poll today on on Facebook. We talked about it, uh, I think, two weeks ago. Everybody loves like free healthcare. Everybody loves free education. Everybody loves government provided jobs. That shit is through the roof popular by anybody's metric. It's just dumb. It's just who are these mainstream voters? Like Harold Ham's like disgusting foreskin. I don't fucking know. Who who the fuck are these mainstream voters? They don't <sighs> exist. <laughs> Everyone hates Republicans. Like the overwhelming majority of Americans despise these scumbags that rob the poor so that they could spend their money on on paying off porn stars to to not talk about the fact that they got spanked by a magazine. Like this is fuck you, Oklahoma editorial board. That's it. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I I, I it, it is it is I, I think it's just such a you know I think you've hit the nail on the head over and over. But it's just it's just amazing to me that like this whole theory and practice thing, like I, I, I love that argument because like we literally started this show with 45 minutes of uh, the U.S. is backing <laughs> like what is turning into a genocide <laughs> and like doing so for like ostensibly capital, like the, like capitalism, like we can do the Lenin quote, imperialism is the highest form of capitalism. And like, that's what's going on. And like, we have to sit back. It's like, oh yeah, you know, nuclear tensions with these people and the, the inability to, to like, like these trade wars that exist and the inability of people to get healthcare or education or all these things. Like, yeah, those aren't problems caused by capitalism. If you had a bucket full of cash, you could get all those things if you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> but like that, Why don't like you have a bucket full of cash. <laughs> but it's just like exhausting to me that like this whole oh well they like it in theory but not in practice. I was like, do you see the practice that you are engaging in? Like, yeah. Like do you like do you are you even critically analyzing the things that you are doing? Are you even critically analyzing the fact that? Like, literally, we did an Oklahoma story about the fact that you're, like, trying to give more money to rich kids than poor kids so that rich kids can get even better educations and poor kids, like, have less to less money to, to like, get an education at all. Like, it's just, uh, it's amazing to me that it's like, oh, you're, well, your theory is fine, but your practice is awful. I was like, well, your practice is awful and your theory is even worse. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry I'm not into that, fucking The Little Prince and Machiavelli, and I just can't. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just really sure that everybody on that editorial board at The Oklahoma just loves the taste of fucking boot. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, they love it. They just love looking mm. them boots. They love it. They love it. All right, well, why don't you <laughs> tell us about socialist events this week? Yep. Uh, just like every week uh, on Friday, May 25th, the New Sanctuary Network of Tulsa is having its weekly protest against deportations at the David L. Moss Correctional Facility from 12 to 12, 20 p.m. Uh, stop deportations. Go, go protest that. ICE is uh, America's modern-day Gestapo. You know? Go, mm-hmm. go, go protest them. Um, Don't say that too loudly, on, Carl. You'll get arrested. Yeah, I'll get a, we're already getting arrested from EDF laws about how you're not allowed to criticize Israel for killing eight-month-old babies. Um, so that's a, a problem speaking of Russia. But more events. 
On Saturday, May 26th at 6 p.m., Black Lives Matter Oklahoma City will be having a die-in near Jasmos to shed light on the lynchings of Jerome Keontae Moreland and uh, Elise uh, Raymond Smith. For more information, you can feel free to contact them at their Facebook page, uh, like always. And just like with all of these things, that will be linked to in the Reddit post. Um, Red Dirt Defense is going to be having a second homelessness outreach event on July 1st, which I know is far off in the future, but they're already accepting donations for it. And you can donate online or in person. And we're going to link to all that stuff as well in the Reddit page, uh, in the Reddit post to their page, as well as like the, the multiple places you can donate to. Uh, Green Country DSA is going to be having a brake light clinic in Tahlequah soon, but they haven't set the date yet for it. So you need to stay tuned to their page for that information. Once they've got it, we'll also be including it as well. And, you know, again, uh, I'm going to keep saying it because I just want you all to go on the Reddit page and tell us how great we are. Go to the Reddit post. You'll see it. And you'll have links to all this information as well as some other cool stuff. Yeah, and uh, as always, you can check us out at Twitter at Red Star Over OK. And like Carl just said, the subreddit where we put all that stuff up is our Red Star Over Oklahoma. Uh, we're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, as always, you know, those iTunes uh, likes, subscribes, and reviews are really helpful to us. So the more you can do that, the better. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, complaints, uh, shoot us an email over at redstaroveroklahoma.com. No complaints. If complaints you complain, I will ban Now, uh, here's what I will tell you. If you're from the Oklahoma Editorial Board, email us. You can complain. I'll, I will give them a free pass. They can complain without a ban, but I want to talk to That's them. That's true. They're the one people. Yeah. So I want to say this about them. I want to say this. I'm really offended that they have this fucking article about the resurgence of socialism and they don't mention that we have spent like over half a year shitting on them. You yeah, know? I, 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 I don't know how they don't know that we exist yet because – I mean, like, uh, we've spent a lot of time. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like the state's that big or there's that many people talking about it. But, as always, tell your friends about us. And, uh, guys, go have a great week. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.